please subscribe and leave a review of Dorky wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can support the pod if you'd like. You can use PayPal or buy me a coffee. There are links to both methods on Dorky's website and in the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much. Before the episode, let me tell you about an amazing online boutique that I just know you're going to love. Save Boutique is a great place for clothes, accessories, and shoes. One of the great things about Save is that it's size inclusive. Most items Save offers are available in sizes from small to 3X, and they're looking into ways to offer even more sizing options. They also drop new items every week, so there's always new things to choose from. They even offer three buy now, pay later options, shop pay, Klarna, and Afterpay. One last thing, they're offering a discount to Dorky listeners. Just enter the code Dorky, that's D-O-O-R-K-E-Y, all caps, no spaces, for a 10% discount. I even put a link to Safe Boutique in the description notes of this episode that will take you directly there and automatically apply the discount. So check out the amazing clothes, accessories, and shoes Safe Boutique has to offer. You'll be so glad you did. Hello, this is Dorkey. I'm your host, April. This is a podcast about history. I'm going to be discussing events, people, and sometimes just random things from history that interest me and are important. I am absolutely not an expert or historian. I'm just a dork who spends a lot of time watching, reading, listening to anything I can get my hands on about history, and I want to talk about it. I think a lot can be learned from looking into the past. And I'd like to share what I've learned. And I hope you enjoy it. Agatha Mary Clarissa Christie was born September 15, 1890. She was a very successful English writer who wrote 66 detective novels and 14 short story collections a lot of which had the famous fictional detectives Hercule Poirot or Miss Marple in them. She also wrote six novels under the pseudonym Mary Westmacott. Agatha is also the author of the world's longest-running play, a murder mystery called The Mousetrap, which was first performed in 1952 and is still being performed today. She's been called the Queen of Crime. In 1971, She was made a dame by Queen Elizabeth II for her contributions to literature. Guinness World Records lists Agatha as the best-selling fiction writer of all time, her novels having sold more than two billion copies. As well-known as Agatha Christie is for writing mysteries, she had a very mysterious event in her real life that's not very well-known. She was a successful, well-established author who'd recently had a new book published when she seemingly vanished into thin air and was missing for 11 days before she was found. I'm going to tell the story of what happened, or at least what we know happened. Agatha was born the youngest of three in an upper-middle-class family. She was homeschooled. 
Agatha's mother didn't want her to learn to read until she was eight years old, but she taught herself to read at four. Her homeschooling consisted of reading, writing, math, as well as music, where she learned to play the piano and mandolin. Her father passed away in 1901. Agatha went to a boarding school in England in 1902, then left for boarding school in Paris in 1905. Agatha wrote her first story, The House of Beauty, when she was 18, bedridden, recovering from an illness. She wrote several other stories and submitted them to magazines, but they were rejected. She also wrote her first novel, Snow Upon the Desert, but it was rejected by six publishers. Her mother suggested she get advice from a friend of the family who was a novelist. This family friend introduced Agatha to his literary agent. The agent also rejected Snow Upon the Desert, but suggested Agatha write a second novel, which she did. In October 1912, while at a dance, Agatha was introduced to a man named Archibald Christie. He went by the nickname Archie, and that's how I'll be referring to him from now on. Archie was a Royal Artillery officer who went to the Royal Flying Corps in April 1913. The couple quickly fell in love, and Agatha and Archie got married in 1914, just after World War I started. Archie was sent to France to fight in the war. Agatha did her part for the war effort as well. She was a member of the Voluntary Aid Detachment of the Red Cross. Then she worked at the Town Hall Red Cross Hospital. When the war ended and Archie came home, they moved to London and had a daughter they named Rosalind. Archie began his civilian job in finance, and Agatha wrote, getting novels as well as short stories published. In 1922, Agatha and Archie went on an around-the-world promotional tour for the British Empire Exposition. Over the next 10 months, they traveled to South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Hawaii, and Canada. They learned to surf in South Africa. Then, when they were in Waikiki, they were among the first Britons to surf standing up and ended up extending their stay there for three months to practice. Agatha is remembered at the British Surfing Museum as having said this about surfing. Oh, it was heaven. Nothing like rushing through the water at what seems to you a speed of about 200 miles an hour. It is one of the most perfect physical pleasures I have known. When they returned to England, Archie went back to work in the city, and Agatha continued to write. After living in a series of apartments in London, they bought a house in Sunningdale, Berkshire, which they renamed Styles after the mansion in Agatha's first detective novel. 1926 was a terrible year for Agatha. Her mother died in August. Agatha and her mother had been very close, and the loss sent her into a deep depression. Another terrible thing that happened that year was Archie asked Agatha for a divorce. He told Agatha he'd fallen in love with another woman, Nancy Neal, who was his 25-year-old secretary. On December 3rd, Agatha and Archie got into an argument after Archie told her he was going to be spending the weekend with friends. Late that evening, Agatha disappeared from their home. The following morning, her car was discovered abandoned at Newlands Corner in Surrey, left above a chalk quarry. The car's headlights were still on, and Agatha's driver's license, a suitcase, and her coat had been left behind. But Agatha was nowhere to be found. 
After three days of searching for the novelist, the police said Agatha's brother-in-law had received a letter from her saying she was going to a Yorkshire spa, quote, for rest and treatment. As it turns out, Agatha had actually left three letters. The one to her brother-in-law, he said that the letter she wrote him said she was going to a spa, but claimed to have destroyed it. One to her secretary that was handed over to police. It only contained scheduling details. And a final one to her husband, Archie. He would refuse to disclose what it said, claiming it wasn't pertinent to the case. He, like his brother, also claimed to have destroyed the letter. Agatha's disappearance quickly became a huge news story. A large amount of pressure was put on police to find her, and a newspaper even offered a 100-pound reward. That's about 6,000 pounds in today's money. More than 1,000 police officers, 15,000 volunteers, and even several airplanes searched the rural landscape for her. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, a fellow mystery novel author who wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories and noted spiritualist, gave a medium one of Agatha's gloves in hopes of finding her. Agatha's disappearance even made international headlines, including the front page of the New York Times. At one point, they even brought her dog to the car to see if it could track her scent. This tactic was unsuccessful as well. The dog, quote, just whined pitifully. The police asked the public for help in solving this mystery. Amateur home sleuths, anyone living in the area who might have seen something, they even started going through her book manuscripts to see if there was some sort of clue to where she might be in them. Police speculated that Agatha could possibly be in London, quote, disguised and probably in male attire. Another example of how wild the speculation about Agatha's whereabouts got is that there were even rumors that she had left behind a sealed envelope that was only to be opened in the event her body was discovered. At one point, a group of spiritualists even held a seance at the chalk pit where Agatha's car was found to see if they could find an answer. Despite all of the people looking for her, Agatha wasn't found until December 14th. She was found at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel in Harrogate, Yorkshire, which was 184 miles, which is 296 kilometers north of her home. She was registered there as Mrs. Tressa Neal from Cape Town, South Africa. I would like to point out that Neal was also the last name of her husband's girlfriend. The next day, Agatha went to her sister's house where the gates were locked, the telephone was off the hook, and anyone who tried to visit her was turned away. The next chapter in this saga took place about 15 months later when Agatha sued her husband for divorce. Archie didn't contest the divorce, and both Agatha and Archie eventually ended up remarrying. So, what exactly happened? Agatha never told anyone. Both she and her family claimed that she couldn't remember. Two doctors at the time diagnosed her with, quote, an unquestionable, genuine loss of memory. There have, of course, been many theories. One of her biographers believes she disappeared during a fugue state. Another biographer concluded that Agatha planned the event to embarrass her husband, but did not expect all the resulting public drama. Yet another biographer believes that Agatha disappeared during a nervous breakdown conscious of her actions, but not in emotional control of herself. 
public reaction at the time to all of this was largely negative, as people suspected a publicity stunt or an attempt to frame her husband for murder. Agatha herself would later write an autobiography, but it makes no reference to her disappearance. She was just as secretive about the incident, even with her friends. Here's a quote from one of Agatha's friends. It was an unspoken subject. Agatha refused to talk about it to anyone. It was a real no-go. Agatha herself discussed the incident publicly only once in a 1928 interview she gave to the Daily Mail. She told them she had been driving past a quarry on December 3, 1926, when, quote, There came into my mind the thought of driving into it. However, as my daughter was with me in the car, I dismissed the idea at once. That night, I felt terribly miserable. I felt that I could go on no longer. I left home that night in a state of high nervous strain, with the intention of doing something desperate. When I reached a point on the road which I thought was near the quarry, I turned the car off the road down the hill toward it. I left the wheel and let the car run. The car struck something with a jerk and pulled up suddenly. I was flung against the steering wheel, and my head hit something. Up to this moment, I was Mrs. Christie. I feel like the fact that Agatha was a public figure doesn't mean that she owed any of the public an explanation as to what happened. Her mother had just died, and her husband had just told her that he was in love with someone else. I can't even imagine how hard all of that would be. If she had decided to run back to Hawaii and drink Mai Tais and surf for the rest of her life, I can't say I wouldn't understand or blame her. That being said, I won't go into speculation on what I personally think happened, but I will say that not only did her brother-in-law say that the letter she had left him said she was going to a spa in Yorkshire, which is exactly where they found her, a spa in Yorkshire, but one of the sources I read said that when Archie showed up to the spa to get Agatha, quote, he was welcomed by her with a stony stare. I think these two facts, along with her marital issues with Archie, point to the possibility that Agatha's disappearance was more of a personal situation and was only a mystery to the public and not such a mystery to her husband and family. But that's just my wild, unprofessional speculation. Aside from this one blip, Agatha seemed to live the rest of her life mystery-free. I mean, besides her books, obviously. In 1928, she would take the Orient Express, a fashionable, long-distance passenger train that went through Europe and ended in Istanbul. This led to Agatha not only writing one of her most famous books, Murder on the Orient Express, but it also led to her meeting her second husband, Max Malowin. Agatha was elected a Fellow of the Royal Society of Literature in 1950. In honor of her many literary works, she was appointed Commander of the Order of the British Empire, CBE, in the 1956 New Year Honors. She was co-president of the Detection Club from 1958 to her death in 1976. In 1961, she was awarded an Honorary Doctor of Literature degree by the University of Exeter. In the 1971 New Year Honors, she was promoted to Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire, DBE, three years after her husband, Max Mallowan, had been knighted for his archaeological work. Agatha would die peacefully of natural causes at her home in England on January 12, 1976, at the age of 85. 
She's remembered to this day for all her mystery novels, but I wanted to tell the story of her disappearance. I'd like to think that considering the fact she wrote mysteries, she'd appreciate the fact that we're still discussing what happened and trying to solve the mystery almost 50 years after her death. I think it's important to mention after this story that if you or someone you know is having thoughts of self-harming, please call or text the number 988 where help is available. This number is for the U.S., but if you're not in the U.S., you can contact your local law enforcement for immediate help. Some of the sources I used for this episode were The New York Times, Historic UK, History Extra, and Wikipedia. So that's it. That's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can reach me at dorkypod at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know if I left something out or got something wrong, or let me know if there's something in particular in history that you'd like me to talk about. There's also a Facebook group called Dorky Podcast and an Instagram at Dorky Pod. Join them and be part of our growing community, but also to get extra tidbits about episode topics like facts and pictures. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're hearing it. It helps the podcast grow, but more importantly, your feedback will help me make this a better podcast. Until we meet again, friends. <laughs>